0: uh gabrielle harris thank you for joining me again back here in the uh in my palace
1: thank you christopher gabardi it is a pleasure to be here did you enjoy your gozlammy
0: i did i did i've got gozlammy fingers though (laughs) don't call me that (laughs) uh that's my that's your new ringtone for this week Welcome back. Uh, We always like to start the episode by talking about something that uh, we can provide to our listeners. Well, what are you reading, watching or listening to, Gabe? What's the latest in your life?
1: My latest joy is Zero, which is a Bloomberg podcast about uh, new energies and technologies and the different innovations that are popping up globally to address our issues of climate change and carbon emissions.
0: Very good. Zero. Zero. Podcast. Zero.
1: I recommend it.
0: Right. Fantastic. I'm going to join you on the podcast train this week by mentioning Masters of Scale by Reid Hoffman. There's a fantastic episode on Airbnb where it talks about Airbnb's growth. It deals with uh, different businesses each week that scale up. Um, This particular episode on Airbnb is fantastic about how airbnb really lost connection with their customers they really lost sight of who they were serving and they go back and kind of walk in the shoes of the customers they go back to their roots and um really walk through a whole end-to-end experience and decide to shift to pivot their business a little bit more towards experience fantastic episode masters of scale by reed hoffman
1: thank you i will get onto
0: to it oh please do we always have a great culture debate on these uh, these episodes and today i'm going to spin the barrel here we go terrific i'm going to pick out a topic look at that card here we are here's a beauty strategy needs to focus on more than making money strategy needs to focus on more than making money which one which side are you going to take today
1: well, I'll argue in support of that if you don't mind, Chris, if you're happy to take the offensive.
0: Well, that means that you've got the good one, you are the you are the good witch. I'll call you the good witch today, Gabrielle, uh, but I'm going to let you have it.
1: All right, let's get down to business. Strategy in itself, I think, is a really interesting concept. When I was first asked to engage with an organization around strategy, I did a big, deep dive into the history of it because I really like to understand the origins of where something comes from. It was fascinating. A couple of different podcasts I listened to, I did a lot of reading. And to summarize, what I took away from that was really strategy was not a big thing in businesses. Businesses just did their thing and they came out the other side and they made a profit or they made a loss or they still had a business or they didn't have a business. It was largely focused on operations. But in the 60s, Boston Consulting Group came up with this concept that every organization should have a strategy. You should know your goals. You should know what you're aiming for. Yeah. As a consequence of that, it became a key focus for uh, boards and executive teams to have secret squirrel conventions where they came up with, this is what we're doing and this is what we're all about. Making that public was obviously not something that was ever considered to be viable or useful because then the next mob down the road would just copy you.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: So it was all about how to keep it very tightly held um, at a level within the organisation where they knew what they were doing or what they were shooting for, but nobody else did had a few problems with that little model, as you can imagine. Yeah. Which then evolves over the years. um, But certainly the focus when strategy became a thing that organizations did was about operational improvement.
0: Well, yeah. So what you're saying is it's actually about operational excellence and that's you know, historically always been the case and it is still the case today. So in my experience working with businesses, that is what they want. They do want to be making more money. So basically nothing has changed.
1: Well, I'd say it's evolved a lot since the era of the 60s when a strategy was largely just about operational improvements. Since that time, I think what you would find now is when you pick up an organization's strategy – There are pillars in there around future. Uh, There's pillars in there potentially around people and culture. There's typically things in there that go to technology advancements, which sure, all of those things adding up helps an organization to make money. But I think we've evolved considerably when we think about strategy from it just focusing on percentage improvements of the number of widgets that go out the door to how are we going to ensure that we get that number of widgets to go out
0: the door. So it's basically still the same. It actually hasn't changed. That's what you're saying.
1: No, I think it has changed. I think it's evolved considerably. When you look at strategies now, often we'll see something in a stream that's labeled people and culture. I'd probably have a different title to that. But I mean, I would argue that those things have been around in business, but they haven't been a strategic focus. If we If we look back from a cultural perspective, I think we can see that a focus on culture has always been there, but it's had different flavors, if you like, like Napolitana. Is that what that ice cream
0: Napolitana, yeah. Yeah. Red, white and- Chocolate. Right, and brown, yeah. Pink. Pink. Yeah, Yeah, pink.
1: Yeah. It's a bit like Napolitana. So you have, you look back to the 80s and that's when there was the Chernobyl nuclear disaster. And from that, I think we moved away from talking about safety management into safety culture. And there was a big focus on building a safety culture within an organization, but probably not so much talking about culture. Then we saw this kind of rise around customer. That would have happened in the early 2000s. It was Bain and company bought out a net promoter score uh, tool that allowed for organizations to understand how their customers um, feel about them on a scale of 1 to 10. And that saw the rise of customer culture and how we treat our customers. And then probably in the um, 20-teens, is that a thing? 20-teens?
0: 20 call
1: the mid-teenage years of the, the 2000s. The 10s.
0: 2010s? The tens. Ooh, 2010s. 10s. 2010s. can't
1: yep. be 10s.
0: Remember the 60s? Remember the 10s, <laughs> Hey, I think I won this argument as well.
1: I'm going to grant it. Somewhere in the 2010s <laughs> is when the Royal Commission into... Banking and finance, misconduct in banking and finance. Yeah. Kurt, like, I think it was about 2017. 20s.
0: Yeah.
1: And from that, there was this huge focus on risk culture. Now, take the word away from the front of it. All of those things, safety, customer risk, is all about building a culture with key focus areas. And I think what we're seeing in strategies now is that people are recognising Culture is the key driver to those key outcomes, to having improved safety performance, to having improved customer engagement, to having lower risk within a within a business. So strategically, it's now front and centre. We need to think about the culture that is required in order to deliver on more money.
0: Yeah, okay. I get that, but I also think the things that you're talking about are sort of nebulous concepts is that a word nebulous nebulous
1: nebulous. i think, it's a, I think it's a better word than 20 teens
0: nebulous so like sure there's net promoter scores and there's some metrics in there but we want the straightforward way of doing it so if we're talking about business success aren't financial metrics the best way to do it like the financial metrics they are the most clear they're the most quantifiable way to measure business success and they can, can be can, they can be compared across uh, industries and markets. So they're a very straightforward way to evaluate a business's success. So how do you measure success through metrics that are not return on investment or profit related to get that year on year progression? Okay?
1: Well, there's a huge amount of metrics now which actually explore the the people and culture space. Um, The the key ones that have been used within organisations probably for the last decade, I would say, would be engagement. Um, I don't think necessarily engagement is a clear indication of culture, but it is an input into it. And through engagement scores, organisations track themselves in terms of how connected, i.e. engaged, do those employees feel to the brand of the organisation that they work in. Other metrics like your your turnover metrics, um, from a retention standpoint, how how much are people willing to stay in that organization? What are our um, retention rates is another good metric. But now I think what we're seeing more and more so of is a desire to look at a combination of metrics and how that actually informs our culture, because the customer experience, the strategy, the employee experience, um, clarity of purpose, all of these things coming together helps us to define what is the culture that exists in our organisation and how much does that culture align to our strategic vision?
0: I, I okay point I want to make, though is that it's actually what you're talking about is all focused on the internal environment. So we can have the best people to deliver the strategy. But if the strategy isn't focused on making money, then the business itself won't survive. So there's going to be no jobs for the people who work there. now, from my understanding of strategy this is very much about assessing markets and and being a good product market fit investors look at profitability as a key metric when deciding where to invest that's just that's what it's all about profitability and similarly the profits generated are then ultimately reinvested into the business for the future growth of that business so profit provides resources for research and development for other things like market expansion and acquisitions, strategic initiatives, all of those things are going to help grow the business and therefore are going to provide the jobs for those people and all those other lofty goals that come into the strategic direction of the business.
1: Well, you make a few good points there.
0: few. It's like, I would say several.
1: <laughs> several, Chris. Like That's a stretch. But a few good points have been made there. And the one I really want to lean into is actually the external lens that you're talking about and investors, um, Mm. this perception that investors are only about making money. And I do understand that, of course, people that are investing their money are looking to get a return on it. They're not investing it for shits and gigs. Yeah, They may be investing in Dan Murphy's for shits and gigs, but certainly not into...
0: (laughs) Or a clown uh, (laughs) academy, maybe.
1: (laughs) Clown academy. (laughs) How many people have invested in a cloud academy?
0: No, for the ones that want shoots and gigs, those are your investors.
1: <laughs> yes, yes, um, that's a, a good point. Thanks, Chris. So, uh, <laughs> taking the point ahead on investment, I think we're seeing a real shift in what investors are looking for. Yes, they are looking for a return on capital when they invest, but more and more so, investors are looking for sustainable environmental adaptive forward thinking companies i think about my um my own family and certainly my children who are now reaching that age that they're making a bit of money and they are asking to invest it which could have something to do with their parents talking to them about housing and shares all
0: those years exciting
1: conversations in the harris household But when they are faced with the, well, if you put a certain amount of of your earnings aside, then you can invest it. So let's have a conversation about where you would like that to be invested. And the very first thing that this generation is saying is, I want to invest in something that's environmentally friendly and sound and actually is helping our future. And the more that mindset shifts around us, the more that companies are going to need to make sure that they're shifting with it. It's not just about what it is that you do in isolation of the broader environment. It's how are you getting the job done and ensuring a profitable return for shareholders but doing it in an environmentally sound way that's looking after future generations. Now I would argue that that probably was not part of strategy even 10 years ago, perhaps even 5 years ago in some organizations, but certainly now it is at the forefront. If it is not there and it's not present, they will not get people that want to invest in those those
0: companies. So what what I think you're talking about though is purpose rather than strategy, isn't it?
1: Good challenge. With purpose, I'll just make one up for a minute. I'm company widgetabob and company widgetabob's purpose is about creating a better world. The reason why we have a purpose is that so everything that I'm doing can be aligned back to what that that purpose is. I am here at Company Widgetabob wanting to create a better world. And so for me that means that I've got to do my job really well. It means that I need to think about um, how we're engaging in society. It means that I, uh, if I'm going to make a better world, I have to make sure that I'm a reasonably respectful and nice person to the people that I work with every day. Strategy is quite different. Strategy is about how are you going to do that? And you need to think about it in multiple streams. That's where strategy provides a really important guiding light within organizations to say, when we say, build a better world in terms of our environmental impact, what we mean by that is we want to reduce our carbon emissions by 30% by 2025. What we mean is that we want to have a stronger social engagement with six different not-for-profit entities where our people can spend one day volunteering a month to support those those social needs. What that means is, and that's where strategy becomes important, it's a goal-orientated platform that drives your activity within the organisation.
0: Yes, so obviously ESG absolutely no argument there is a particular generation that is driving that very hard. I do understand that some businesses are focused on it, but certainly not every business is focused on ESG. What are the streams in uh, what are the pillars in strategies do companies concentrate on?
1: I think we're seeing a real rise in a focus on innovation there there are so many great examples of organisations that innovated and then left these fantastic products on the cutting room floor, quite literally, and uh, missed the boat. So I'll use Kodak as a key example, right? It's close to my heart. It was my first proper job. Uh, mm, you can quote Kodak. me, Little Miss Kodachrome. What? I was <laughs> the Kodachrome. Kodachrome specialist. Oh at Kodak. my god! Look out! Yeah, I know. I spent a lot of time looking at um, Kodachrome slides of trains. Okay. A lot of old men used to like taking photos of trains.
0: Oh, fascinating.
1: Bizarre hobby. Okay. Anyway, was my role to look at the color correction on such slides. It was a fascinating job. <laughs> my point is with what I found so fascinating, more in hindsight than whilst I was in it. Gosh, I wish I had picked it whilst I was in it. Kodak was so focused on operational improvements, particularly in the labs. So where it made its money was we'd all have our cameras with the roll of film in the back. We'd take our photos. We'd take it into the chemist or to a
0: Kodak shop. processing place. And
1: it would go off to one of our labs and it would get processed. Huge amounts of money were made in that era because it was the only way that people were really, at that time, capturing their memories. Meanwhile, there was this tiny little crew that we're focusing on, how do we think differently about the camera itself? And Kodak created the first digital camera. And I remember this little shop down in uh, Elizabeth Street in Coburg, where the big operating plant was at the time. And you could go in there and see these different cameras that they had. But there was never really any focus or marketing or big hype around it. It was just like, there it is.
0: So there was a digital camera in there.
1: There were digital, digital cameras, cameras in there that you could buy, but they were not talked up. In fact, I think, if anything, they were disregarded. Right. So that we never lost the operational um, outcomes, yeah. the the revenue that was happening in the labs. Yeah. And lo and behold, the companies that were around them, they weren't looking out. They weren't really focused on the celebration of this innovation. And so others took the space. Mm. And over time, the rolls of film stopped coming in and the labs shut down. So that goes to my earlier point around if all you do is focus on operational improvements and how you get more widgets out the door, you're really likely to not have long-term survival, certainly in the case of Kodak. Uh, but we see it all the time. It's it's how much do we value innovation? How much do we see it as a leading strategic pillar? That's going to allow this business to thrive in the long term. And that's why having a, a varied strategic focus with a number of pillars is so important.
0: All right. Well, I, I will concede on this one. Just this once companies can focus on profits. I. Gabe, you were right. Have changed. No, there's no Gabe, you're right. I just agree that you have um, held a stronger argument than me. They can focus on profit, not just as the sole focus and uh, at the expense of other things. I think you've done extremely well today, Gabe. I'll give you a a 7.5 out of 10.
1: Well, thank you so much.
0: Mm -hmm. So to recap, let's use the famous quote from Mike Tyson, everyone has a strategy until you get punched in the face.
1: (laughs) Sounds like an interchange strategy.
0: It's a good one, isn't it? Everyone has a strategy until you get smacked fair in the nose.
1: (laughs) If you have the right culture in place to deliver on that strategy, all things being equal, you're going to fly. If, however, there's a um, strategy in place and the culture isn't there to be able to support you to deliver on that strategy, you're likely to be punched in the face.
0: <laughs> all right, you ready? Pub quiz. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm, I'm in the hot seat. It's a strategic pub quiz at that. Oh, good Lord. Give me- Here we go. Up quiz time.
1: Okay. I have a statistic for you. Yep. 60% of businesses will fail in their first three years.
0: Yep, 60%. Uh huh. I got it.
1: Of those who fail, what percentage are profitable?
0: Of the 60% who fail, what percentages are profitable even though they fail? 20%. 20%? Yep. What is it? 20%? 50%? 50%
1: are profitable and yet they still fail. Really shows profit's not everything.
0: 60% of the time, it works every time.
1: That's outstanding, the 60% of businesses that fail in the first three years.
0: Half of them are profitable.
1: Half of them are profitable. That's That's wild to me.
0: Well, it's because you can have the greatest idea in the world, doesn't mean it's going to work.
1: But it did work, financially speaking.
0: Well, financially, yeah. Still fails.
1: That's got to be about human relationships. Just chose a bad business partner in the beginning, yeah. surely. Something went wrong there. All right. Next question. Yep. According to studies, what percentage of people who set New Year's resolutions actually achieve them oh, by the end of the year?
0: Actually achieve your New Year's resolution. By the end of the year.
1: By the end. You've got to go the whole year.
0: Oh, You know, I want to say zero, but it's probably like Five.
1: Not far off. Eight.
0: Eight percent. Eight percent. I'd love
1: to know what study that was. Okay. Eight
0: percent. Uh, yeah. I reckon that's the yeah.
1: I normally get to about the 3rd of July.
0: But you're doing well. I reckon most people get to about the 3rd of January.
1: Well, that's what I meant to say. But then I got my months mixed up. Oh. <laughs>
0: <laughs> wow. My God. And I'm taking lessons from you? I was going with financial years. <laughs> Are you you talking the financial New Year resolution?
1: Everyone has a financial New Year's resolution.
0: (laughs) This year, I'm going to get 2.4% interest.
1: (laughs) Oh my God, I'm doing this so well. Okay. Which American energy company faced a major scandal and filed for bankruptcy in 2001? And is often cited as not having a clear people strategy in place.
0: Clear people strategy? Oh, I don't know. But um, American energy company, fab Enron.
1: Yay! Wait! Okay, this is the important one. Okay. Who sings the song? Staying alive.
0: Staying alive. BGS.
1: And take it away for me. Well, you can't tell by the way I use my welcome and my
0: me. Were there any That's
1: lyrics in there yeah.
0: at all? It's a lot of lot of falsetto. You don't need that. I think
1: I'm here
0: till Thursday.
1: episode of The Culture Commute was recorded on Wurundjeri land. Interchange acknowledges that this always was and always will be Aboriginal land. For more information about Interchange, see the show notes for links to our social media and our website.